Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Welcome, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2015, and this is The Ride. Welcome, welcome, friends. It is a beautiful day as I drive to my place of employment. I'm reminded that my source is the Lord. He has provided what I need. I spent some time in Exodus yesterday and I spent some time in Exodus this morning. Reminded that the manna that was provided the Israelites was God's provision and for 40 years he provided manna now if you don't know what manna is Israelites when they had walked through the Red Sea that God had miraculously piled up on each side of them and they walked across the sea on dry land when they got through that then they saw it completely kill not one, but all of the Egyptian army that was chasing them. They celebrated. But after all of that, they grumbled because three days into the desert, they were grumbling because they had no food. So God provided quail for meat. As far as I could see, they had quail. And then they had manna. Now manna was a flaky substance that would be present on the, I don't know, on the vegetation or somewhere on the ground, near the ground, after the dew, the morning dew had dried up. And it was kind of like wafers. And it had a sweetness to it. And God said through Moses... They were to collect that every day, as much as you needed for the people in the household. You collect as much as you needed, and not anymore. And I was right, I mentioned this one time before, I, was, I remembered correctly that on the day before the Sabbath, they needed to collect two days worth. Now they found early on that if they tried to hang on to that stuff, for more than one day it would spoil the manna that they collected on the day before the Sabbath it would not spoil that which they were to use the during the Sabbath day which is a miracle and there was one other bit of manna that wouldn't spoil Anybody remember the story? God told Moses to collect some manna and store it with the Ark of the Covenant as a reminder of what the Israelites had to live off of and that the Lord had provided for them. So obviously that wouldn't spoil in the same way. 
So here's God providing what they needed. And they lived on this stuff for 40 freaking years in the desert. I haven't gotten to the point at which they cross over into the promised land, but if you remember, that's the ultimate goal here. Yet they wandered around in the desert. And it wasn't long, it wasn't long until, you know, after they got the manna thing taken care of and their foods taken care of, that they couldn't find the water. And, of course, the Israelites would grumble to Moses. Hey, what'd you do? Bring us out here to kill us? We could have, you know, died by the hand of the Egyptians. And at that, God got frustrated, or maybe that's not the right word. You know how the Lord will sometimes say, You know, how long must I endure, or how long must you not trust me? That kind of thing. So God provided what they needed. But I think it's just really fascinating that after watching the Red Sea part and the manna and all these signs... And yet, the Israelites would still go back to what they knew. Later on, when I get to it, you know, we'll find out that when Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments, they reverted back to idol worship because it's what they knew. You know, we sometimes we'll say in this day and age, well, if God can show us a sign, then we'd believe. But the Bible is full, Old and New Testament, is full of examples where miraculous signs were present, and yet people would harden their hearts. We're so short-sighted at times. We may even know about the truth but we want more immediate gratification. You know, the, the Israelites, when they're waiting for Moses to come down, they wanted to worship God and have, well, and you know, I don't, I didn't read that recently, but I believe that they had worship in their mind, and worship wasn't just like a little sing-song kind of worship. I think that there was a lot of relating going on in that kind of worship, if you know what I mean. So it was abhorrent to God. So here's God. He brings them out. He brings them to a place where they must depend on Him. That's a interesting fact they must depend on him and yet they and they make all these mistakes they're wandering I, I just it's crazy to think about they're just wandering in the desert for those 40 years I think I read somewhere or heard someone talk about it that it shouldn't take much more than a couple weeks to get to where they needed to have gotten to 
But doesn't that make sense that if, you know, you can wander in the wilderness, we can see that as a picture in our lives too. Without a clear guidance of the Lord, without hearing Him and following His commands, we can wander. We can spend years doing what we think is right. And unfortunately for those who were rescued out of Egypt, that generation did not make it into the promised land. The new generation did. Well, in my life, we have wilderness, I guess, in all of our lives. We have wilderness times, seasons, and if we haven't come to know the Lord God, our life is like a wilderness. There is no direction. The direction that we have is just a direction that we think is the right direction. When I was looking at the consecration of the firstborn, it talked about the sign on the hand and a mark on the forehead of those that were consecrated. And I wanted to look a little bit more into that. So I was looking at Revelation, where it talks about the mark of the beast, because that's also on the, on the hand and on the forehead. That's how it's described. And I wanted to read all the scripture on that, which I did. And I don't have any of my commentary books with me, because they're all packed away. So I thought I would do something a little bit different and just see what other people thought about it. Now, I didn't do a Google search on it. I went straight to the, to the source of all wisdom and went to YouTube. Because, you know, the things that are posted there are, like, really, really a good standard to live by. That's what I'm thinking, right? You know. I mean, if you're washer and dryer doesn't work, that's where you go. You can find videos on every little part number and everything. If your carburetor's messed up, go check it out. There's a video for it. If you need to know how scripture should be interpreted, interpreted. <laughs> Sorry. If you want to know how scripture should be interpreted, Go to YouTube because, you know, there's wisdom right there, right? I am joking, you know this. And if you've been on YouTube at all and have done any kind of looking around like I have, you will know that there are pockets of subcultures of everything under the sun. If you want to not like somebody in the modern age, you will be able to find a video that calls them Antichrist. I'm sure of it. Oprah, I'm sure Oprah is an antichrist. Obama, plenty of those. Probably Buzz Lightyear. He's probably the antichrist too. I'm going to YouTube because I know there's no shortage of videos out there that talk about end time prophecies. Good night. You could you could spend years listening and watching different people's opinions about that. And I'm telling you what, 
as many people there are are in the world, well, as many authors of videos that they post up on YouTube as there are in the world, there's that many opinions. In fact, there's more than that because obviously you look at the comments below any video and you'll get those for and against and all flavors in between. It's just, if you have a brain, you have a unique opinion. So I bring that up because I just want you to know in case you ever were going to you know, live your life according to the church of the YouTube church. Uh, you would never want to do that because there is no standard there. The standard is a free-for-all. And so, you know, you're going to have to pick your standard. My standard is the Word of God. But I went there to... Really what I went to do was to hear what other opinions were regarding the, the mark of the beast and the, the fact that you couldn't sell or buy without this mark and what people's opinions were about that. And they're just all sorts of opinions. And I really, driving home last night, I was praying, I was listening, uh, let's see, I think I had listened to a lot of Revelation on my way home yesterday. And I was praying as I was listening that the Lord would give me some insight as to what all that meant. And I'm not going to spout any kind of insight that I got yesterday to you. That would represent an opinion. And I think it'd be better for you to be in the Word and let the Lord speak to you. If I get any opinions about all that stuff, all that end time stuff, I guess I'll be sure to let you know, but ultimately that's an opinion and I will always encourage you always always to be checking checking what I say against scripture so you've got all these opinions online the mark of the beast, who's the Antichrist, all these dates. It's crazy to think about that we're actually in a month right now, September 2015. It's being referred to all over the place. I haven't really looked at those videos to find out why people think September of 2015 is some big to-do month or big to-do time in God's big end time scheme of things. I'm not really that worried about it. Because I'm not worried about any of that. I did do a little bit of thinking about this whole business of not being able to buy and sell. If you didn't have the the mark of the beast. I know for me, I'm not going to be putting anything into my body. Okay, this is an opinion, I guess. As much as I'm a techno nerd and would probably really enjoy being able to pay for things by waving my hand over stuff because, you know, it's just like the Jedi thing to do. As much as I'd like to do that, I believe that is 
I guess I believe that that is enough of an indication that there's something um, I guess that I'm not relying on the Lord about I believe as Christians if the, if it were to come to that and and uh, there was some kind of mandate and really that right there is a kind of a trigger I think if there was some kind of governmental mandate that you know everyone had to be marked or and my guess is that that would be that would be probably instituted at some point where every child born would have to have one of these things that's what I'm thinking would it'd be the way to start uh, no way in the world is my kid gonna have that I don't care what you tell me I don't care what you tell me is the benefit of it I'm gonna look at at the offspring of, of my in my family meaning my children's children and so on I want to consecrate them to the Lord and I think that to me this is opinion now guys but to me I believe that we're at a point where we need to absolutely depend on God for our provision and I cannot believe that we would get so far right now I'm saying this in 2015 I cannot believe that we would get so far that that kind of thing is the only way that you, you could buy and sell and if it got that far I would feel like there is a definite problem here and I will rely on the Lord and you know Okay, no buying and selling for me. Okay, then we're going to rely on the Lord because I'm not going to get one of those things put into into the flesh of my family. Well, that's assuming that that's, you know, what the mark is. Who knows what the mark is? Maybe it's a lot more literal than that. Who knows? I don't I don't really know. Maybe it's more symbolic. You know, there's a lot of people who had opinions about that. That's that it's just a symbolism, and it means something completely different than what I'm talking about, as far as a some form of a implant. It just to to me, it seems like that the implant thing makes a lot of sense that that could happen. So I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. But if it came down to whether you did it or not on religious grounds I would not and I would just have to trust my God to provide that's how I look at it and I know that he would I guess if I want to draw a kind of a correlation here Israel before they were brought out of Egypt the Egypt was what they what the culture was I guess you could look at it that way it was what their culture was and uh, sure they were under bondage but hey that was just the world they lived in and then they broke free and they did something according to what God's will was and they went out through miracles and got free from Pharaoh but then they were completely and I mean completely dependent on the Lord 
And I believe that they would have gotten into their promised land in no time flat had they been obedient and relied on the Lord. So what I want to do is rely on the Lord. So we have, we have our lives and parts of our lives are kind of wandering in the wilderness because of our sin nature. We, it's really easy to want to rest on our own understanding and that's what Israel did in the desert. They tried to understand things themselves. They didn't always follow the word of the Lord. It just boggles my mind knowing that they had the pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Something absolutely unquestionably supernatural. And yet they still grumbled. Maybe that's why we don't have real supernatural physical manifestations happening now. I don't know. It does say in the Gospels that a wicked generation is seeking signs and wonders. Maybe we ought to follow God without Him. Let the sign and wonder be what happens and transforms in your life. Because I do know that that does happen. He can take the hardest of us, and if we open our heart to the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the hardest hearts can change. And that right there is a miracle. I pray that for our leaders. I'm not naive to think that if I prayed for all of our leaders, everything will be happy and peace will abound and we'll never have any problems in the world. If you pray that way, I think you're going to be disappointed. Because the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars and all of this till the end. So it's almost like you're denying the Word of God if you're believing for that kind of stuff. Pray for the peace of Israel. Well, I believe that I like to pray for the peace of Israel, but I know that they're going to be embroiled in unpeace, I think, until the end. That's my opinion. I do want Israel to have peace. I want peace to be all through the Middle East and, and the whole world, really. But I also know that my God is just. Our God is just. And there will be a reckoning, I can tell you. Because I believe my God is just, there will, there will be justification poured out. In fact, that's what happens 
This earth is going to burn up, folks. God will judge this earth. I think I want to be on the right side of that judgment. Jesus came to redeem mankind. Do you know what redeem means? I looked it up today. Of course, I didn't write it down, but I'm going to try to remember it. But it was payment. uh, Payment or compensation, I think, for something that needed... Oh, man, what was it? It's compensation or payment for something to balance the the not the imperfection of the thing, something like that. And here I thought, you know, redeem a coupon. You know, simple. It's, it's you pay for something. No, the coupon is an indication that the thing isn't worth what would be paid for it. So you're paying the, the coupon paid for the, the difference. Jesus redeemed us, if you look at it in these terms, because we could never, for, because of a just God, we could never pay for the sin in our lives. But Jesus could. As a son of God, His blood was shed for all of us and covered our imperfections. The reason I was thinking about the word redeem is because the other day it used that word as far as the firstborns, the the consecrated firstborns, they were redeemed. I think that when we talked about the the symbols on the hand and forehead as it, as it uh, pertained to the consecration of the firstborns. It referred to those signs as a symbol of the, um, being redeemed. So what does that mean? Well, God has paid for that part of our existence that we could never pay for, that we could never, you know, justice says that sin has to be dealt with, and we have sin in our lives. Everyone has sin, nature in their life, and it has to be dealt with. And the only way I'll tell you this. The only way is Jesus Christ. Yep, the only way. I'm not going to apologize for that. I believe that's the truth. He is the only way. I know you might say, He's the only way, but I beg to differ. You know, your opinion is just that it's an opinion. 
I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I believe that that's the truth. Yes, it happens to be my opinion, but I believe it's the truth. And I believe if you open your heart to the Lord, you would recognize that His Word brings you life. When I think about... how God has taken my life and helped guide me through certain wildernesses. I'm thankful that I've had a guide. I know that if I was my own guide, I would get stuck in circumstances. And I still get stuck in circumstances. You know, things that I should know better. Behaviors that I do. Ideas that I think about. But I know that there is grace. God has grace for us. You know, sometimes, I'll just be real with you. Sometimes I... I don't know why it is that I'm here telling you all this stuff. Because really, you and I are alike. I have my faults, and so do you. Why would you listen to this? And I, I think that maybe the reason is because We're brothers and sisters. We're, we are a family. And my encouragement to you is just like your encouragement to me. And I've needed it at times, just like you have. And so I can sit here and second guess even why I'm doing this podcast... But I'd like to believe that it is making a difference in some people's lives. I know it is in mine. It's causing me to stay in the Word and have to study it more than normal. I think since the podcast started, I've had to read the entirety of the New Testament. Which is kind of mind-boggling because I wouldn't have thought I could do that in a month's time. But anyway... It's exciting knowing that there is a destination for us. Every one of us has a destination. It's kind of what I'll call the will of God for our lives. Isn't it good to know that there's actually somewhere where we need to be? We're not just floating around, you know, directionless, like the Israelites in the desert. Let's do this. Let's let's hear from the Lord every day. Let's do what He's asking us to do. And let's not be like Israel where we decide that, you know, today we want to have this God that's more important than the, the Word of the Lord. We don't want to have these times where we grumble and complain when we really should have just been depending on the Lord. Right? 
So our Lord is our provider. He takes our enemies and casts them into the sea. The Lord is our strength and our song. He will provide our salvation. And he has provided our salvation. So as we close today, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you have given us the territory, the place we are to be. You've already given it to us. We just need to enter into that place. So as we live our lives and we walk each day out, Lord, help us to see more and more clearly what that place is, how we can get there, and what kind of enemies we'll face along the way and how to defeat them. Because, no, Lord, I know that you have our back. Just like you were the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, and you separated the enemy, yes, you separate the enemy from us. Just like when Israel was escaping Egypt and Pharaoh. You go between. As we live each day, remind us not to try to take you and your provision out of the equation so that opens us to attack. Lord, we need your provision, your protection from our enemy. We thank you that you have secured the land for us. The place that we're to be, you have it in your hand. So we will walk forth this day trusting that you will take good care of us, your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is a new day. I want to encourage you to stay in the Word of God, to live in peace, to pray for those who persecute you, and trust that our God is a provider for all your needs. And I will see you on the floor.